Chapter Two of Amusement Only. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Noel Badrian. Amusement Only by Richard Marsh. The Lost Duchess. Chapter Two. Sort. The Duke of Datchet coming out of the bank lingered for a moment on the steps in one hand he carried a canvas bag which seemed well weighted on his countenance there was an expression which to a casual observer might have suggested that his grace was not completely at his ease that casual observer happened to come strolling by it took the form of ivor dacre mr dacre looked the duke of datchet up and down in that languid way he has he perceived the canvas bag then he remarked possibly intending to be facetious been robbing the bank shall i call a cart nobody minds what ivor dacre says besides he is the duke's own cousin perhaps a little removed still there it is so the duke smiled a sickly smile as if mr dacre's delicate wit had given him a passing touch of indigestion mr dacre noticed that the duke looked sallow so he gave his pretty sense of humour another airing kitchen boiler burst when i saw the duchess just now i wondered if it had his grace distinctly started he almost dropped the canvas bag you saw the duchess just now ivor when the duke was evidently moved mr dacre was stirred to languid curiosity i can't say i clocked it perhaps half an hour ago perhaps a little more half an hour ago are you sure where did you see her Mr. Dacre wondered. The Duchess of Datchet could scarcely have been eloping in broad daylight. Moreover, she had not yet been married a year. Everyone knew that she and the Duke were still as fond of each other as if they were not man and wife. So, although the Duke, for some cause or other, was evidently in an odd state of agitation, Mr. Dacre saw no reason why he should not make a clean breast of all he knew. She was going like blazes in a handsome cab in a handsome cab where down waterloo place was she alone mr dacre reflected he glanced at the duke out of the corners of his eyes his languid utterance became a positive drawl i rather fancy she wasn't who was with her my dear fellow if you were to offer me the bank i couldn't tell you was it a man mr dacre's drawl became still more pronounced i rather fancy it was mr dacre expected something the duke was so excited but he by no means expected what actually came ivor she's been kidnapped mr dacre did what he had never been known to do before within the memory of man he dropped his eyeglass datchet she has some scoundrel has decoyed her away and trapped her He's already sent me a lock of her hair, and he tells me that if I don't let him have five hundred pounds in gold by half-past five, he'll let me have her little finger. Mr. Dacre did not know what to make of his grace at all. He was a sober man. It couldn't be that. Mr. Dacre felt really concerned. I'll call a cab, old man, and you better let me see you home. Mr. Dacre half raised his stick to hail a passing hansom. The Duke caught him by the arm. You ass what do you mean i'm telling you the simple truth my wife's been kidnapped mr dacre's countenance was a thing to be seen and remembered 
oh i hadn't heard that there was much of that sort of thing about just now they talk of poodles being kidnapped but as for duchesses you really better let me call that cab ivor do you want me to kick you don't you see that to me it's a question of life and death i've been in there to get the money his grace motioned towards the bank i'm going to take it to the scoundrel who has my darling at his mercy let me but have her hand in mine again and he shall continue to pay for every sovereign with tears of blood until he dies look here datchet i don't know if you're having a joke with me or if you're not well the duke stepped impatiently into the roadway ivor you're a fool can't you tell jest from earnest health from disease i'm off are you coming with me it would be as well that i should have a witness where are you off to to the other end of the arcade who is the gentleman you expect to have the pleasure of meeting there how should i know the duke took a letter from his pocket it was the letter which had just arrived the fellow is to wear a white top hat and a gardenia in his buttonhole what is it you have there it's the letter which brought the news look for yourself and see but for god's sake make haste his grace glanced at his watch it's already twenty after five and do you mean to say that on the strength of a letter such as this you are going to hand over five hundred pounds to the duke cut mr dacre short what are five hundred pounds to me besides you don't know all there is another letter and i have heard from mabel but i will tell you all about it later if you are coming come folding up the letter mr dacre returned it to the duke as you say what are five hundred pounds to you it's as well they are not as much to you as they are to me or i'm afraid hang it ivor do prose afterwards the duke hurried across the road mr dacre hastened after him as they entered the arcade they passed a constable mr dacre touched his companion's arm don't you think we'd better ask our friend in blue to walk behind us his neighbourhood might be handy nonsense the duke stopped short ivor this is my affair not yours if you are not content to play the part of silent witness be so good as to leave me my dear datchet i'm entirely at your service i can be every whit as insane as you i do assure you side by side they moved rapidly down the burlington arcade the duke was obviously in a state of the extremest nervous tension mr dacre was equally obviously in a state of the most supreme enjoyment people stared as they rushed past the duke saw nothing mr dacre saw everything and smiled when they reached the piccadilly end of the arcade the duke pulled up he looked about him mr dacre also looked about him i see nothing of your white-hatted and gondinia buttonholed friend said ivor the duke referred to his watch it's not yet half-past five i'm up to time mr dacre held his stick in front of him and leaned on it he indulged himself in a beatific smile it strikes me my dear datchet that you've been the victim of one of the finest things in hoaxes i hope i haven't kept you waiting the voice which interrupted mr dacre came from the rear while they were looking in front of them some one approached from behind apparently coming out of the shop which was at their backs the speaker looked a gentleman he sounded like one too costume appearance manner were beyond reproach even beyond the criticism of two such keen critics as were these the glorious attire of a london dandy was surmounted with a beautiful white top-hat in his buttonhole was a magnificent gardenia in age the stranger was scarcely more than a boy 
and a sunny-faced handsome boy at that. His cheeks were hairless, his eyes were blue. His smile was not only innocent, it was bland. Never was there a more conspicuous illustration of that repose which stamps the caste of Vieux de Vieux. The Duke looked at him and glowered. Mr. Dacre looked at him and smiled. "'Who are you?' asked the Duke. "'Ah, that is the question.' The newcomer's refined and musical voice breathed the very soul of affability. "'I am an individual who is so unfortunate as to be in want of five hundred pounds.' "'Are you the scoundrel who sent me that infamous letter?' The charming stranger never turned a hair. "'I am the scoundrel mentioned in that infamous letter who wants to accost you at the Piccadilly end of the Burlington Arcade before half-past five, as witness my white hat and my gardenia. "'Where's my wife?' The stranger gently swung his stick in front of him with his two hands. He regarded the Duke as a merry-hearted son might regard his father. The thing was beautiful. Her grace will be home almost as soon as you are, when you have given me the money which I perceive you have all ready for me in that scarcely elegant-looking canvas bag. He shrugged his shoulders quite gracefully. Unfortunately, in these matters, one has no choice. One is forced to ask for gold. And suppose instead of giving you what is in this canvas bag, I take you by the throat and choke the life right out of you? or supposed amended mr dacre that you do better and commend this gentleman to the tender mercies of the first policeman we encounter the stranger turned to mr dacre he condescended to become conscious of his presence is this gentleman your grace's friend ah mr dacre i perceive i have the honour of knowing mr dacre although possibly i am unknown to him you were until this moment with an airy little laugh, the stranger returned to the Duke. He brushed an invisible speck of dust off the sleeve of his coat. As has been intimated in that infamous letter, His Grace is at perfect liberty to give me into custody. Why not? Only, he said it with his boyish smile, if a particular communication is not received from me in certain quarters within a certain time, the Duchess of Datchet's beautiful white arm will be hacked off at the shoulder you hound the duke would have taken the stranger by the throat and have done his best to choke the life right out of him there and then if mr dacre had not intervened steady old man mr dacre turned to the stranger you appear to be a pretty sort of a scoundrel the stranger gave his shoulders an almost imperceptible shrug oh my dear dacre i am in want of money i believe that you sometimes are in want of money too Everyone knows that nobody knows where Ivor Dacre gets his money from, so the illusion must have tickled him immensely. You're a cool hand, he said. Some men are born that way. So I should imagine. Men like you must be born, not made. Precisely, as you say. The stranger turned with his graceful smile to the Duke. But are we not wasting precious time? I can assure your grace that, in this particular matter, moments are of value. Mr. Dacre interposed before the Duke could answer. If you take my strongly urged advice, Datchet, you will summon this constable who is now coming down the arcade, and hand over this gentleman to his keeping. I do not think that you need fear that the Duchess will lose her arm, or even her little finger. 
scoundrels of this one's kidney are most amenable to reason when they have handcuffs on their wrists the duke plainly hesitated he would and he would not the stranger as he eyed him seemed much amused my dear duke by all means act on mr dacre's valuable suggestion as i said before why not it would at least be interesting to see if the duchess does or does not lose her arm almost as interesting to you as to mr dacre those blackmailing kidnapping scoundrels do use such empty menaces besides you would have the pleasure of seeing me locked up my imprisonment for life would recompense you even for the loss of her grace's arm and five hundred pounds is such a sum to have to pay merely for a wife why not therefore act on mr dacre's suggestion here comes the constable the constable referred to was advancing towards them he was not a dozen yards away let me beckon to him i will with pleasure he took out his watch a gold chronograph repeater there are scarcely ten minutes left during which it will be possible for me to send the communication which i spoke of so that it may arrive in time as it will then be too late and the instruments are already prepared for the little operation which her grace is eagerly anticipating it would perhaps be as well after all that you should give me into charge you would have saved your five hundred pounds and you would at any rate have something in exchange for her grace's mutilated limb ah here is the constable officer the stranger spoke with such a pleasant little air of easy geniality that it was impossible to tell if he were in jest or earnest this fact impressed the duke much more than if he had gone in for a liberal indulgence of the under the circumstances orthodox melodramatic scowling and indeed in the face of his own common sense it impressed mr ivor dacre too this well-bred well-groomed youth was just the being to realize au bout des angles a modern type of the devil the type which depicts him as a perfect gentleman who keeps smiling all the time the constable whom this audacious rogue had signalled approached the little group he addressed the stranger do you want me sir no i do not want you i think it is the duke of datchet the constable who knew the duke very well by sight saluted him as he turned to receive instructions the duke looked white even savage there was not a pleasant look in his eyes and about his lips he appeared to be endeavouring to put a great restraint upon himself there was a momentary silence mr dacre made a movement as if to interpose the duke caught him by the arm he spoke no constable i do not want you this person is mistaken the constable looked as if he could not quite make out how such a mistake could have arisen hesitated then with another salute he moved away the stranger was still holding his watch in his hand only eight minutes he said the duke seemed to experience some difficulty in giving utterance to what he had to say if i give you this five hundred pounds you you as the duke paused as if at a loss for language which was strong enough to convey his meaning the stranger laughed let us take the adjectives for granted besides it is only boys who call each other names men do things if you give me the five hundred sovereigns which you have in that bag at once in five minutes it will be too late i will promise 
I will not swear, if you do not credit my simple promise, you will not believe my solemn affirmation, I will promise that, possibly within an hour, certainly within an hour and a half, the Duchess of Datchet shall return to you absolutely uninjured, except, of course, as you are already aware with regard to a few of the hairs of her head. I will promise this on the understanding that you do not yourself attempt to see where I go, and that you will allow no one else to do so. This with a glance at Ivor Dacre. I shall know at once if I am followed. If you entertain any such intentions, you had better, on all accounts, remain in possession of your five hundred pounds. The Duke eyed him very grimly. I entertain no such intentions, until the Duchess returns. Again the stranger indulged in that musical little laugh of his. Ah, until the Duchess returns. Of course, then the bargain's all at an end. When you are once more in the enjoyment of Her Grace's society, you will be at liberty to set all the dogs in Europe at my heels. I assure you, I fully expect that you will do so. Why not? The Duke raised the canvas bag. My dear Duke, ten thousand thanks. You shall see Her Grace at Datchet House, upon my honour, probably within the hour. Well, commented Ivor Dacre when the stranger had vanished with the bag into Piccadilly, and as the Duke and himself moved towards Burlington Gardens, if a gentleman is to be robbed, it is as well that he should have another gentleman to rob him. End of chapter 2 of The Lost Duchess